Welcome to Blooming, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings, navigating how to grow up. I'm Tessa. And I'm Britt. And we'll be your co-hosts. This week, we are talking about agreeing to disagree, how we experience and approach differing opinions and views on the world from those around us. And as always, we'll bring you our adulting wins and fails for the week and our adulting 101 resources. Okay, first up, Britt, did you do your homework? Did you think of a word that you thought meant something else? Yes, I did. Remember, I am the girl with the highlighters over here. Okay, Miss Goody (laughs) Touches, tell me what you got on your homework. So I hope this counts, but I used to think that it was deep-seated, but is actually deep-seated, like for when something is firmly in place. Look, you've got me guessing. I have no idea which one's right. Well, to be honest, I think deep-seated probably still works because a seed could be planted really deep, right? Like all of our blooming buds. Actually, no, I think that defeats the purpose because if you're if the seed is too deep, then it can't grow. So, uh, lol, ignore that. <laughs> it's definitely deep-seated. Well, then it's definitely firmly in place. <laughs> But it's, anyway, <laughs> um, I was also discussing this with Lockie and he told me that he used to think prosecuted meant decapitate. <laughs> oh my gosh, what? I feel like that's just like a history lesson gone wrong or something. He literally used to hear, you know, pe- someone be like prosecuted or whatever in the court, but like he thought that people were being oh decapitated. God. How many people did he think were being decapitated? <laughs> He did see. He did try and say this is like him in grade eight, but I'm like, that's too old to have that word. (laughs) That's so funny. My sister, she went to school with someone who, um, her parents had told her that grasshoppers were hopper grasses. What? So she like there was a grasshopper in the classroom, and she was like, oh my god, it's a hopper grass. There's a hopper grass, (laughs) and everyone's like, what the hell is a hopper grass? And she pointed, and they were like. Do you mean grasshopper? (laughs) Actually, no. My parents wouldn't allow us to say fart. So they said that we could, so we called farts trumps. Like Donald Trump? So whenever we did like a fart, we'd be like, oh, I did a trump. (laughs) What? (laughs) How random is that? This is literally before. That's so random. Like obviously Donald Trump was like. A big deal. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I feel like it would be. I mean, a big deal, I think, but But not like as big of a deal. Yeah. (laughs) Not as problematic as he is now. (laughs) I always he's always been problematic (laughs) stop cutting me off (laughs) I always think about like if I ever like have kids it'd be really funny to teach them something wrong like that though like (laughs) you're evil like maybe tell them that like red was actually blue so that when they like (laughs) saw red they thought it was blue so like I don't know or maybe blue was red so they we tell them that the sky was red and then they'd go into school and like tell people the sky's red and that this was red and everyone would be like you idiot it's blue people will just think that your child is colorblind (laughs) and that is just horrible of you to want to mess with your child before it's even born like I feel sorry for them (laughs) that's me on being a parent Anyway, while I wasn't racking my brain about this little homework task you gave me, my week was pretty average. Um, Ended with my friend's wedding though on Sunday, which was such a beautiful day and I'm so happy to be there and celebrate with them. You love love. I love love. Um, Also, I forgot to say last week, I'm genuinely shocked by how many of you have messaged us after our cheese on pizza discussion saying that you put the cheese on the base before the topping. What the hell? Who are these people? So many people have come to me and been like, how did you not know that? That's the 
I do that. Look, you and me are okay. a different different type of I person. Know. Living under rocks, clearly. But yeah, it makes me think how many other food hacks there are that we don't know about. So please, if you have a food hack people need to know about and by people, I mean definitely me and Tessa, please send it to us on our Instagram at blooming.podcast. Okay, so I had to write an entire article on food hacks for students once, like as part of my work. And some of the things that came out of it was actually like so good and I still use to this day. So one that I live by is, I don't know how we've gotten on this extensive <laughs> chat about food again, but one that I live by is I um, use baking paper Mm. when I make toasties or like cook something that's really saucy but the sauce is going to burn and so lazy girl goals I don't have to clean it up afterwards is that not brilliant yeah no that yeah that is smart I definitely do that with my toaster but see my issue is I have a jaffle maker and if you put the paper on that like it doesn't you don't get the grooves on the and that's like the whole that's why you do it right so then there's always cheese that spills out and goes on into it I'm pretty sure there's just like dried cheese on my jaffle maker I'll never get it off is that like asking for food poisoning? <laughs> Maybe. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, um, my week has just been, yeah, average adulting week really. But one thing of note is I made the mistake of looking for dogs to adopt on the RSPCA website, knowing well and truly that I do not have the capacity to be a dog mom right now. Like I can barely feed, walk and entertain myself, yet alone <laughs> like a living, breathing animal but I fell in love with them all and I just wanted to give them all like a loving home. And now I'm not only not a dog mom, but I'm also sad about all these sad family, like less dogs. So it was an error in judgment. Let me tell you. Yeah, I've done that before. If only you and I had the resources to give them all a home. We could just make our own big dog home. Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> that would be fun. A bunch of dogs running around. I've got some yard. No, yeah. I'm d- definitely use some friends. Yeah, instead of being like crazy cat people, we'd be it's crazy dog people. It's more the money people. thing. The dog food costs money and the vet, the vet bills, they kill me. This is true. We didn't think that far ahead, did we? <laughs> Right, now it's time for our adulting wins and adulting fails from the week. Tessa, did you have a win or fail? Please don't tell me it was another cooking fail this week. I have a win, which is also completely out of the kitchen. You'll be happy to hear. (laughs) I'm very happy to hear. So my win is that this week I got a bill from RACQ. Gosh, Mm. gosh bills suck yes they do um but I paid it straight away as soon as I got it like opened up the envelope and just paid it straight up on the spot and to be fair like I usually do this anyway like I'm pretty good at just paying it getting it over and done with because otherwise I have a habit of forgetting them but it doesn't isn't always possible because like depending on where I'm at in my pay cycle 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 in my pay cycle Um, But if that happens, I just like put the bill where it's something like really visible so that I don't forget about it. Under a fridge magnet or something. Well, our fridge doesn't, you can't put magnets on it. It's not a magnet, magnetic. Oh my gosh, I'm on (laughs) roll tonight. (laughs) It's not a (laughs) magnetic. It's not a magnetic. (laughs) Oh my God. What is the word? Magnetic. Magnetic. (laughs) It's, (laughs) It's not a magnetic fridge. Okay, that's so, also weird. <laughs> so um, I just like put it somewhere that's going to really annoy me so that when I can, I pay it as soon as like I can. But yeah, that's my win. Paid my bill as soon as it came into the house. That is such a good win. The worst thing is when you wait to pay it closer to the due date, you know, so like you can keep that money in your account a bit longer, but then you 
forget to do it completely and <laughs> that has happened to me so many times. Has you like had services cut off and things like that because well, you forgot? Well, mm, I, when I don't, when I've forgotten my phone bill, I've got a reminder from like Optus being like, you you haven't done this before. Like th- this is the first yeah. time I haven't. It was like, they were like, you haven't done this before. So we're just giving you a gentle reminder, like type email, which was really nice. I was like, oh shit, like, thank you. <laughs> Instead of just <laughs> charging goodness. me. Yeah. But then I copped a like fine when I didn't pay my, I think rego or something. Uh. And it came through dad's, like at the time my car was still under dad's. Right. So he got it. And then he like forwarded me the email and I just forwarded it back to him. <laughs> I was like, wrong email address <laughs> and he didn't even see it so then he was like you've paid that right and I was like no no <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay anyway. what do you have win or fail I have a fail this week oh no yeah so this this is one that I have done so many times and I really like should know better I've been going try, like trying to get my ass into shape and going to the gym in the morning. Again. I know. So Britt and I like share each other's activity on our Apple Watches. Oh yeah, and it so makes you me know. feel yeah, <laughs> it makes me feel so lazy because I keep like waking up or like I'll just be like sitting at my desk and it's like Britt's finished a workout <laughs> and I'm like, okay, thanks for making me feel bad about my lazy ass over here. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I've only just started going again in the mornings. Like literally, have not gone. I used to be in such a good routine and I haven't since like COVID, but I've been going this week. And so like that means packing my bag with all my stuff for work because I get ready and then go to work today. What? <laughs> I forgot. Okay. I've got a few like major things I would say in my like packing. Mm-hmm. So I forgot a towel. Oh, what did you dry yourself so with? I showered and I had to wash my hair. So oh. I was like towel drying my body <laughs> with my Gym Dirty towel? exercise clothes. Oh, yeah. And actually, luckily, no I... No wonder I thought like I was smelling something. Oh. <laughs> so rude. I smell fresh. Fresh as a daisy. <laughs> From your no my natural palm. deodorant. <laughs> no, and actually it was quite lucky. I have um, the bags that I use to carry like the because I separate, I have to separate my clothes from like my toiletries yeah. and stuff. And um, I put it all in my shoes. They all need different bags in my one bag. Misorganized. <laughs> all right. I use like um, the re- recycle, like reusable bags. So like yeah. the material, like canvas. That's what so I'm trying to say. So you use those to dry yourself. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> it was you- actually quite lucky I had them because if I'd been using plastic bags. Oh my God, you're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's it was so funny. Anyway, but the worst thing was I forgot toothbrush and a toothpaste. Oh, well, do you have I, stinky no, breath sorry, now? I usually brush my teeth before I leave for work yeah. like before I even like go so I didn't I didn't need to pack it but I forgot to do them before I left for the gym and I was like almost at the gym in my car and I was like oh, oh no. that's so bad like I can't have bad breath all day in front of my colleagues so what did you do so luckily again I have um some friends and my mum that all like work in the building next door to me so I was like madly texting them being like has anyone not left for work like someone, <laughs> someone please me. save me <laughs> and my lovely mother came through love that she bought me Mom's this little win. travel toothbrush Aww. um and yeah I now have a travel toothbrush like so basically I'm gonna turn this into a win I've now got a toothbrush and toothpaste in my drawer at work in case I ever need it so in I'll never be emergencies. in this predicament again there you go what a win <laughs> win fail mm. 
So this week we want to talk about something that we feel is a pretty common thing in the world we live in, and that is differences in opinions. So in the 2021 reality we live in, conversations about controversial topics or even just topics that get us a little heated are bound to pop up. I think we generally gravitate towards people who share similar views as ourselves and I can create like an insulated environment meaning when you do come across something that you have conflicting ideas about or someone who is different to you it can be like an odd experience to have. Yeah and it's easy to pass this off as like a generational thing you know blaming boomers for having outdated opinions and vice versa with millennials being lazy or entitled Sure, the generation you were born in does have an impact on the opinions you form and your view of the world, but your opinions and ways of thinking are influenced by so many other things. What we want to talk about today is just that. So how you can have differing opinions to those around you, whether that be your family or friends or colleagues in the workplace or even people on the street and it's how we approach those conversations that really matter. Yeah, for sure. So I think what you've identified there is a generation gap. Lucky I prepared a little definition <laughs> earlier, um, which according to Investopedia is refers to the chasm, chasm, chasm. chasm. You are on a roll today. Oh, I've had a long day, guys. All right. <laughs> the generation gap refers to the chasm that separates the thoughts expressed by members of two different generations. More specifically, a generation gap can be used to describe the difference in actions, beliefs and tastes exhibited by members of younger generations versus older ones. So I think in many ways we have begun to be like marked by what generation category we fall into, which is particularly interesting considering that those of us born in like 94, 95, 96, aka Brit and I, we like sit right in the middle of Gen Y, which is millennial and Gen Z, which is like what the tech generation and no category really wants to claim us. Every source tells me something different when you look into it. Yeah. And I've even seen somewhere like Gen Y isn't classified as millennial, like um, millennial is like combined both of them. Like it's so many, they're all yeah overlapping. Yeah, exactly. And so I just like feel like we don't really fit into either side, but can identify with life experiences of both um but as you said it's like so much more than generational like personal beliefs values and attitudes are like varied and wide and they form from like a variety of things we've experienced throughout our lives like our families and friends and community and the experiences we have had like all contribute to our sense of who we are and how we view the world so like it has to do with like when you grew up how you grew up where you grew up who you grew up with and all the experiences we've had from birth until now which in the scheme of things, like 26 years is like, well, 25 for you, shouldn't speak for both <laughs> of us here. Um, like it's not actually that long of a time to formulate your opinions and your beliefs. And it's likely that like as we get older, these things are going to continue and change with us. So it's something we'll continue to face. Yeah, I think this particularly relates to the concept of our ideology. So like political and cultural events influencing our views on certain topics and sometimes contributing to collective views which are formed by generations. I was watching this lecture from the Khan Academy. I love that you're watching lectures in your spare time. Uh, Highlighter girl. <laughs> I have no rebuttal. <laughs> um, which explained that there's generational events which affect an entire generation of people and as a consequence influencing how they think about different issues. So like if your grandparent grew up during a war, they would have had to be more conservative with their finances and they might have viewed certain politicians as instrumental in getting the country out of that economic situation and in turn that would influence which political views they lean towards. 
this like example of the war would be a macro event but there's so much smaller scale events which might impact you personally not and not necessarily everyone in your generation so like on a smaller scale for example if you really struggled in school you might be more interested in improvements to the education system or even if you went to a private school and had a really good experience you might be more likely to think that that's a better form of education than public schools for you tessa as someone who regularly engages with the health system maybe you might be more focused on improvements to that sector Yeah, look, I certainly know that for me, health insurance and the ability to go through private healthcare is like super important. Whereas I know many of my friends just like turned 25, got kicked off their parents' health insurance and decided it wasn't a cost they wanted to cover. I.e. me. Yes, but (laughs) hopefully we can stay on our parents' health insurance for longer soon. I know that they're working on that, working on it being the key word. Fingers crossed. Um, But another big one for me, and I don't know if you feel the same, is like we grew up in a recession. So like both of my parents owned small business and small businesses. And so now I'm just like terrified of debt. Like I refuse to get a credit card. I hate owing anyone any money. I just like am terrified of debt, which is probably why like a home loan scares the hell out of me because I just like don't like to owe anyone anything. And I think that also comes into play. Like I know I spoke a lot about like being brought up in a family that is all about budgeting and Mm -hmm. all about being like money smart um and i think yeah that like also relates to the fact that they would have been struggling with money at the time and been really tight so then i've been ingrained with this like you have to be really careful with how you spend your money kind of attitude yeah for sure and like also just like think at how much COVID has changed society already like we don't even know the full impacts of that yet like my nephew he's nearly two so he's not even two and he knew how to like sanitize and wash his hands before he knew how to walk like is that not crazy yeah wow like he'll put his hands out and be like this is a normal yeah this it's so normal for him whereas i was this little grubby kid who was like germs (laughs) rolling around in the mud (laughs) exactly i was like eating dirt i don't know (laughs) but um yeah and then even you and i brit like our different life experiences mean we do bring different opinions to this podcast every week and i feel like we are drawn to each other because we do kind of have very similar values, but we're not like the same across everything. No. So. There's also things like cultural impacts, which might impact our point of view. So like watching a TV show or movies, which depict certain points of view might make you more sympathetic to that point of view. Like similarly, if you're used to seeing a certain type of person or personality on TV, you'll become more accustomed to that and maybe unconsciously feel uncomfortable or that it's not normal if you're not presented with a different point of view or personality. When our grandparents and parents were growing up, there was much less diversity presented on the screens, which is why in recent years there's been such a push to increase representation representation from all cultures and backgrounds yeah and it like there needs to be more of it right and then like life cycle effects so as we go from being young to being old like I said like it's gonna grow with us and formative experiences that we heard in earlier years of our life like cause you to lean one way or another on different topics and like overall influence our view on the world like it just is the way it colors it Yeah, so like basically what we're trying to say is that our views are impacted by so many factors. I think the reason that generational stereotypes come about is because it's easier for researchers to analyse people by grouping age cohorts. It allows researchers to examine how today's older adults felt about a given issue when they themselves were young, as well as to describe how the trajectory of views might differ across age cohorts. 
And as a result, the lines that define the generations are useful tools for analysis, but they should be thought of as guidelines rather than hard and fast distinctions. There are so many fundamental differences across generations from their racial and ethnic composition to how quickly they reach certain milestones, such as marriage. I mean, and we've spoken about this in a previous episode, you know, like feeling pressured to be reaching certain milestones from family members who think you should be getting married by a certain age. I think it's so interesting that in most of our episodes, we always circle back to that pressure piece. Like Mm. it's obviously just like such an underlying current and theme of being in your 20s. I think right now it is particularly prevalent because we have, well, firstly, an aging population and also that aging population is incredibly at risk due to COVID. But I also feel like even in our lifetime, like our very short lifetimes, so much change has happened in the world and the way people think, like getting your head around it in your 20s or like we pretty much have grown up through this change is one thing but imagine if you're more than like halfway through your life and you grew up thinking one way and then all of a sudden things are changing at such a rapid pace and you're trying to keep up and change what has been like ingrained into you for so much of your life like that must be so confronting for them and it's not something we can speak to but it would be right Yeah, I definitely think these perceived generational differences come into play in a lot of areas of our lives. Okay, I want to do some myth busting. So there's heaps of resources out there which compare the different generations in a workplace setting and categorise generational groups by their preferred work environment. For example, traditionalists are rigid or boomers fear technology or millennials don't work hard. I don't think these are productive and there's actually lots of research to show that issues commonly arise when negative stereotypes about generations perpetrate. So based on like the dynamic of your workplace, I think the generation of your colleagues and management impacts the way you hold yourself, the language and communication techniques you use, topics of conversation that come up and like down to what activities are chosen for your end of year celebration. We ask more experienced people for advice and feedback and a lot of the time we assume that means older. But is it necessarily older if times have changed and their experiences are maybe in some cases less relevant? Oh my gosh, I have like the funniest thing that happened to me today, which like relates to this. So I don't work with my dad, but my dad is in like the same, because I work from home. My dad also works from home. And him and I had a large discussion today about he thought that everyone still used Word documents, which some people do. But I was like, dad, people also use Google Docs. Like Google Docs is a really common thing. And he's like, I've never seen anyone use (laughs) Google Docs. That's not a thing. I don't know why anyone would use that. And I was like, it's really common to use. It's like a great collaborative platform. It's awesome. And we had this huge discussion and I was like, no, mate, Word is dead. (laughs) And he was like, no, no. MS for life. So my dad did make a good point though that I don't know if you can do this with Google Docs if you can make them like offline but because he travels a lot for work he needs his Internet. Docs, well yeah he needs his documents to be able to be like loadable on his computer when he doesn't have any wi-fi yeah. so i mean he's not wrong when it comes to his industry maybe but well i mean yeah you and i sometimes work off google docs um when we're collaborating and there's been times where i've brought my laptop along you know in the car on a road trip or whatever and been like yeah i can totally do some work but 
I can't access a Google Doc because I don't have internet. Silly sausage. Yeah, silly sausage me. But yeah, so I think this concept within the workplace would change drastically for different fields and industries. For example, in law, lawyers that have been in the field for longer have more experience and for that reason are more confident in their knowledge and more respected. Whereas in more creative industries where technologies are changing and improving at such a fast pace that it's hard to keep up, I wonder if that would have more of an impact on the perceived experience and value of employees. Like in my workplace, a lot of my colleagues don't fully understand or appreciate the work that I do because they aren't from a marketing or communications background and aren't necessarily a digital native. But then that's also because I work in a large organisation with so many different departments, each with their own specialty. Yeah, so it's like interesting that you say that with your workplace because my workplace certainly is like a completely different ballpark. So where I guess just ourselves that are just like our own department and we don't have other departments to collaborate with or Mm. do anything with. I mean, we have our clients, but because we're a digital marketing agency and so we are just focused on the creative and the strategy. And so I also think that in my specific workplace, um, the hiring process is a lot about culture and culture fit. So differences in ideas and views and opinions are encouraged to like make our work overall better and anything anyone says is respected. Like even though I'm not at all the most senior team member, I often get called on to share my point of view when it comes to social because that's where my knowledge lies. And I think it makes such a difference in the work environment also being like a smaller team because it makes it easier for everyone's voices to be heard. Your workplace sounds like the dream. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, it's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no matter the situation, the experiences of people older than us definitely impact our judgment. We use the knowledge of people that do things before us to guide our decision making. This could be the experiences and knowledge passed down from family members or friends that are a little bit older or even people in your fields of interest. This reminds me of that meme. I feel like you'll know which one I'm talking about where it's like when you're looking for an adult in the room and then you realize you are the adult. <laughs> so you look for an older adult hey, when that to happens. like deal with it <laughs> and then you need their knowledge. Yeah. So I, I mean like growing up, you kind of see everything your parents and other adults in your life are doing and saying is like a hundred percent truth. Well, I did at least. So like yeah. I didn't realize until university that there was a different brand of toothpaste than Colgate because my family, my parents always bought Colgate, right? So I thought as truth, okay, Colgate is the only toothpaste that exists. Like you just like (laughs) take it as word and run with it. But when I was released into like the big wide world of adulting in my early 20s, I kind of like well, let you like say release like you're like some sort of like was, baby elephant that needs to like tumble out and go <laughs> into the wild. Um, but yeah, I think like I kind of as I was trying to discover what my own thoughts and feelings were rather than just what my parents and those other adults that were in my life, what they thought, um, I kind of lost like a bit of my confidence as I tried to like discover and process how I felt and viewed the world, which is always going to be an ongoing process, right? But I think as I've matured and become even more set in those ways and how I think, then I've been more like likely to have like these uncomfortable conversations or conversations about differing opinions and opposing views to mine. Whereas before I'd kind of just like, I know it's not great, but I'd just say in my head, well, that wasn't okay. But I'd be too afraid to say anything. I didn't really have 
the confidence to and as we all know confrontation is not really my thing yeah no me neither but yeah I like I definitely feel that I think being close to people from different generations with different views of the world can sometimes be challenging but I think that comes back to having different lived experiences having more of an impact on what forms your opinions and views on the world I'm sure most of our buds would have been in a situation where they are in a conversation with someone of any age who has a contrasting view to theirs and being able to navigate that in a level-headed manner is a real talent and something I know I need to keep working on. (laughs) For example, I've had conversations with people before who don't understand the complexities of non-binary or non-conforming gender identities. I mean, and even I like don't completely understand because I you know it's not your lived experience but I'm trying and I remember the person like telling me that they thought people identifying as female should still have to use the male toilets or male change rooms and Mm. I was just like wow okay like where do I start here I wish I could just you know pull a bunch of resources in that moment and be like this is why you need to broaden your perspective it's like you're wrong but how do I nicely tell you (laughs) that you're wrong (laughs) yeah I think I may have an interesting perspective to share on like a peer level in particular when it comes to like different countries with different cultures so in particular this was made really apparent to me when I was on exchange in America and I think we all know that some of the things Americans do are wildly different to Australians yes I mean a lot of views and values held there were very different to mine and in some ways it was really scary being like such a minority in a foreign country which made having these kinds of conversations feel risky and intense like a whole other playing field when you know someone might be carrying a gun and let me tell you I had a lot of heated discussions about guns a guy once thought it was a great idea to take me on a date to a gun shop because he thought that he could change my mind and he was really into guns that's so romantic Um, so romantic (laughs) safe to say he didn't and unfortunately I don't think I changed his mind either but I mean hopefully I planted a few seeds um but I have an example I'd like to share about someone who I was close with in America who is American and also just like the context, I was living in the South. So this is also just after Trump was elected. Like that just kind of tells you a little bit Mm. about the people I was with. So yeah, we were close, but we would butt heads over a few topics. And in particular, we had very different views on the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, And it was like, honestly, really hard to be friends with someone who had such vastly different thought process to me. And it's interesting because like we obviously talked about this quite a lot. And after I left, um, this person actually reached out to me and thanked me for helping to guide her opinion. She said that before meeting me and talking to me, she truly hadn't realized that Black Lives Matter. And I was like, WTF. Like I was shocked. I was like... You're in your twenties and you've only yeah. I was about to say how old yeah in twenties time yeah Yeah. I was twenty two yeah. So I'm just like, you've only just discovered that. Black Lives Matter. Like, how is this just like for me? That was just like it blows your mind. Yeah, because yeah. it was just has always been ingrained in me that like yeah. that's yeah. She just like explained to me that this is how she grew up. That is just like just how it was. Like that's what her parents mm. told her. Her grandparents told her. Everyone around her told her. So she just had and she just not had any exposure to like any other point of view or perspective. Like a lot of people who I was with in the South didn't own passports, hadn't done any travel because their perspective was America was so great. Why would they need to travel and leave and see anywhere else? Whereas Mm. like, so they just didn't have any other opinions to like 
I mean, obviously there's the internet and stuff like that, but a lot of the content they were consuming all was there. Yeah, in a country, like immersing yourself in yeah, the culture. Yeah, for sure. And like, I'm not saying I'm like this amazing activist who like changed all these people <laughs> in America because I definitely didn't. But I'm just like trying, I guess, to do my part and like have those conversations. And I think like with this particular case, like and in whenever I try and um, like approach these conversations, I just try and be respectful of others opinions and then I also try and like guide behavior by like leading by example and discussing instead of criticizing and trying to keep conversations open rather than straight up telling them they are wrong so the other person doesn't like immediately get defensive and put their walls up and you have no chance then of getting in and changing any of their ideas yeah I mean it's a really common thing for like if you're accused of something to deflect or Mm, get um, defensive yeah yeah for sure and um like deflect it back on the other person yeah Yeah. for sure and so like I guess I just like gently coach and give like positive reinforcement and depending on the topic I try and like relate it back to like a personal experience that I have like I try Mm. and put my face on it and obviously I can't like especially with Black Lives Matter I can't put my face on that because (laughs) it's got nothing to do with it but um I just try and like relate it in a way that like they then see it as a real thing like they can relate it to something that's like a real person um and not some random topic happening to someone far away so that they think it is relevant to them yeah exactly and like obviously this is not always possible if the person on the other side isn't as responsive aka gun date guy (laughs) um but regardless of the topic I always like to try and engage in the important conversations rather than just like trying to be the loudest opinion in the room Yeah, and I also agree with what you said before. Like, I think having the confidence to have these kinds of conversations in a productive manner is something I've been learning how to do in my 20s as, like, my opinions and grow develop more. Yeah, I think, like, in the 20s is, like, is when you're figuring out your views and, like we said before, like, not just taking what your parents and teachers and everything as word. But also making sure you navigate those Um, conversations in a productive manner Mm -hmm. like I there's you know I haven't always done it right and so I guess taking that and making sure you use that in their next experience to make a good better way that's Um, all you can do though is like yeah listen and work on it like I've had people like sometimes I've said things and I didn't realize that was not a good thing to say and people someone will pull me up on it and I'm like thank Thank you you. (laughs) yeah like oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been going around saying this. And then like I've changed my behavior and that's all we can do, right? Yeah. And I think it is important to acknowledge that there's always room for improvement. Um, So we would love our Buds tips on how you do this. Um, We're going to put up a little question box this week and hopefully you can send us in some tips on how you are approaching these conversations and like what techniques you're using. Yeah, what she said. And I want to end on a quote from Nazim Hussein on his friendship with Steve Price that blossomed on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. So this quote is originally from the Sydney Morning Herald, but I first heard it on his interview with the podcast Shameless. We're big Shameless fans over Mm. here. And so he said, when you're a Muslim and a brown man in Australia in the current political environment, you're going to get viewed through those prisms. I didn't go into the jungle wanting to change people's minds about anything, but when you live with people with different views, you have to learn to respect the views of people who you don't necessarily agree with. I hope other people were able to appreciate my view. The most important thing I learned was that people who don't share the same ideological views as you, but have the same aspirations are to be respected. Steve is the kind of person I wanted to hate, but once you end up meeting Steve, you end up liking him a lot. 
So obviously this quote has a race complexity to it that neither of us will ever understand, but I thought it was just so powerful and put so much of this chat into perspective. I think I like to take from this that it's okay to still like or love people in your life who have different opinions, values, and beliefs than you. You just have to navigate these divides. And finally, let's talk Adulting 101, our weekly resource or recommendation that we found helpful in navigating our 20s. Britt, you can go first. What have you got for me? Okay, so firstly, I want to give a content warning before I jump into this recommendation. This recommendation does deal with issues relating to sexual abuse and may be triggering for some listeners. We also think that this is a topic that has so much more to be said on it than what I'm about to discuss. So 2021 Australian of the Year Grace Tame made a really powerful speech last week at the National Press Club. If you're unfamiliar with Grace, she's been working to raise awareness and educate others about sexual abuse and the prolonged psychological manipulation that belies it. In her speech last week, she spoke about her personal experience with manipulative grooming and pedophilia. The concept of grooming isn't something that I have really learnt that much about. So I found it really Mm -hmm. interesting how she broke it down into ways that people can um, identify it, I guess, more easily. She says that a major challenge for her on her road to recovery was speaking about the unspeakable, i.e. the shame-induced silence, and how it's important for us to listen to survivors' stories and the full story. By omitting details, we soften the stories and what we really need to hear is the unsanitized version because this is what informs social and structural change. She also touched on how journalists need to tread carefully with survivors so they don't need to relive their experiences because this is re-traumatization. I think this point isn't just specific to journalists and something that we all need to take care in when speaking with people we know that have had experiences of sexual abuse. She also proposed some key ways that we can end child sexual abuse and protect the vulnerable in our communities. So firstly, inviting, listening and accepting conversation, expanding our knowledge of informal and formal education to prevent the grooming process from occurring and finally a consistent national framework that supports survivors and their loved ones in in recovery as well as preventing and deterring perpetrators. Her speech is really sad, but so powerful and a really good think piece. The video is only about 25 minutes and I highly recommend everyone watches it. We'll add the link in our episode notes below. So I'm not even sure anything else I can contribute here will even slightly compare to that. And in saying that, I'm just going to keep my recommendation short because I want the focus to be on yours. And I think it's the more important message here. Um, But yeah, so my recommendation this week is to start journaling. It's a bit random and I feel like lots of people will like automatically jump to like, nah, I'm not journaling. It isn't for me. And I was one of those people like, nah, no interest in it. Um, But I'm honestly finding it so therapeutic. I've never journaled before. Like what's your, how do you do it? What's your procedure? Yeah. So I started with something called, like, I feel like I've eased my way into it. Like my notepad that I used to take notes at work has at the bottom, like three things you're grateful for. So I started with that. And then I moved on to something called the five minute journal, which I'll link in the show notes, which is like my official recommendation, Mm -hmm. which 
like prompts you every day to answer questions, which I think is really helpful because it like you're not just freehand writing about yeah. what's in your head. So, um, yeah, it's like a few questions to answer at the start of your day, first thing in the morning and right at the end before you go to bed. And I like the questions are the same every day, which at first I was kind of annoyed about because I'm like, oh, this is boring and repetitive. Yeah. But then I actually have started to love it because it like really gives me perspective and lets me reflect on how the day went. And I can also compare it because it's the same questions over and over again. I can compare to other days. And um, so is this, this is an app? No, it's a book. Oh, it's a book. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like actually handwriting. Paper, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm, I love handwriting. Yeah. I much prefer it over typing. Um, anyway, but yeah, it like lets you reflect on how the day went, like what you're grateful for, what you could have done to make the day better. And so it helps me to like work towards my goals and keep myself in check. And yeah. And so I thought that, I think that that was like a really good starting point. And the other way I've been doing this, which is only a recent thing, which was a recommendation from someone, which is to just like get a blank journal and just like brain dump right Mm. I'm gonna have to like keep it under lock and key now so no one tries to find it (laughs) but it's very well hidden I'll say it's not it's on my bedroom floor (laughs) Um, but yeah so like I think it's good for me because I have a tendency to keep a lot in my head and I guess that's a way for me to keep it like hidden or to like not make it feel real or to not address it but it's actually been like such a release and relief to just get like everything out of my head onto a piece of paper yeah and then in lots of ways like I stopped worrying about whatever I was worrying about because it's now somewhere Mm. and it's like not being just like housed in my head it's being like it's all out of my system um and so like sometimes I'll well like firstly I've never wanted to do this because I don't ever want physical proof of like what I'm going through like I just and it's like good and bad things but like I just don't want proof of it like I want to burn it and I also like happily be ignorant to your problem. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but sometimes I'll write something and I won't have even realised it was something that was weighing on my mind or bothering me mm. until it's like right there in front of me and then I'm like, oh, yep. okay, this makes a lot of sense. Like this connects to this or this is why I did this or whatever. And so when it's like, yeah, like right there, I can kind of figure out how to navigate it and work through it. And I also can never read back over the last ones like the previous ones like whatever my brain was in that moment is how my brain was in that moment and it's not the same any other second and so do not read them back yeah but it's just about the like therapeutic yeah like the like therapeutic benefit just like yeah that like release and like I said it's not like all negative things it's positive things as well it's also like a good way to keep track of the things that have gone on yeah exactly to be like I'm like actually proud of myself that I did this and I'm like not really good at admitting when I'm like proud of myself for things and like acknowledging my achievements and things like that. Mm. So yeah, that's my recommendation. I've heard so many good things about journaling. I just have been so slack and even like in our conversation with Lucy last week where she said that she was journaling the whole lead up into making the decision to move and she had all of those thoughts to look back on and stuff and how she was feeling in that moment. I think that's something really interesting. So I should probably start doing it. Yeah. I like journaled a few times as a kid and I found them recently and I'm like, Oh my my God. God. Yeah. Like the little diary with the lock. Did you have that one? I had one with um, an invisible ink and a little torch. So no one could actually read your notes. 
but then over time the ink actually ended up showing oh, like what? I found them like years later and the ink was there and it was That's like so funny yeah. I used to be so envious of the people who had like the voice unlock ones oh, I was like yeah. so jealous but my parents never let me get one oh uh, no okay I had one of them you did not miss out because I could I would say it in only one particular tone and then I would never be able to replicate it <laughs> and, and I'd be out. locked out from my diary <laughs> that's so funny no I really like that recommendation though You've given me a little kick up the bum. I should start journaling. Thank you for listening to another episode of Blooming featuring your two best buds. Well, um, if you're enjoying our little podcast, baby, please let us know by leaving us a rating or review because algorithm things and also by hitting the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. And as always, come find us on Instagram at blooming.podcast. Please tag us in your stories to show us how you're listening to Blooming or using one of our Adulting 101 resources. And remember to DM us. We want to hear your thoughts on this episode and what topics you'd like us to talk about in the future. And don't forget to tune in to our weekly Monday polls to have your say on this week's episode. Chat next week, buds. Bye. Oh my god. Sorry. Slide into our M&Ms. <laughs> Peanut, please. <laughs>